Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Live from downtown San Francisco. This is 95.7 The Game. And hi again, everybody. We continue with the post-game show. This is Dan Vaughn alongside my man, Sterling Bennett. Sterling, what's going on? Early thoughts on the victory. 13-0 as they blanked. First shutout going back to 2019 when they blanked Washington. The year they went to a Super Bowl. A four-quarter shutout. 13-zip. A gutty performance. Not a lot of bells and whistles. Initial thoughts. It was ugly. But it's a win. And in the NFL, that's the only thing that matters. You get the win, you get the victory, you improve your NFC standings, you're now firmly in first place in the NFC West. And again, that's the only thing that matters. The defense was great. Quarterback play was a little shaky there. But again, you got the win. Seattle lost. Firmly in first place now, and it's all that matters. Seattle losing today to the Las Vegas Raiders. That happened in overtime. The San Francisco 49ers take full advantage now a full game in front of Seattle. Keep in mind, they beat them head-to-head earlier this year. Still sets up the big showdown coming up in a couple of weeks. December 15th, it'll be out there in the Pacific Northwest. Also good news out in the NFC, Tampa Bay falls under 500 as they get tripped up and beaten by Cleveland today. They so They stink. Yeah, that's a bad team. So right now, the 49ers procuring the number three seed overall in the NFC. Getting way ahead of myself, obviously, but that does give you home field advantage for at least one game. Nobody getting the bye in that first round aside from the number one seed this year. You could be a two seed, you're not getting that bye. So significant victory. Doesn't really matter how it looked, as long as you have more points than that of New Orleans at the end of the day is all that really matters. But as a post-game show, we obviously – We'll pick this thing apart. Let's start with the good, that being the defense. This defense has not allowed a point. I'm not talking about a field goal, a safety, and or a touchdown in now six quarters. Let's go right there. Thoughts on the defense that is reminiscent of that 2019 team that I alluded to moments ago. Well, the defense likes to attack, and I think the one thing to take away from this is that there's a reason Kyle Shanahan likes to defer, and that's not just because you can get the ball to start the second half. It's because your defense can set the tone. And Fred Warner loves that. You know, tails never fails. That's his motto. He wants to go out there. He wants to be the first unit to actually attack the opposing offense. He wants to set that tone for this team. And they've done it all year long. Maybe outside of the Chiefs game where they were banged up. But all year long, they have kind of been the stronghold for this Niners team. And look, the last four times the Saints have been shut out, every single time it was against the Niners. Oh, wow. They have their record. 97, 98, 2002, and 2022, the Niners love shutting out the New Orleans Saints. And you can tell that this was a game early you knew was going to be a dogfight, and this team is made for stuff like that. Garoppolo said it in his post-game press conference, we're made for games like this, and they are. They want to know the text line if we're live. Dan DeBone, live. yes, we are live. We are here, 888 we We'll do it live. 9570, ready to go, talking about a huge 49er victory. So, Here's where I want to go with this. I'll get into Jimmy G. I'm with you. I think it was sort of a not one of his better performances, but I felt all week long that something had to give in this contest. I felt as though this was the proverbial trap game. Maybe they don't necessarily lose it, but I felt as though it was – I didn't think it would be this easy. I don't think they would win by double digits, okay? But this was a game that you cannot discount the fact that they were playing out of the country. Right. A short week. On top of that, you got Thanksgiving. They got lost in Mexico City for a little bit. It was, it's not ideal. They didn't have their first full physical, air quotes, physical practice until Friday. 
I think that goes a long way in terms of explaining what happened to this team offensively. This is one of those games you just want to you want to win and move on. The area I want to concentrate before we get into potentially some lethargy on the offensive side of things was the injuries. Right. Because that, to me, right now is the key takeaway. As we get ready for Miami, what's the level of concern now at the running back situation? Because you lose Eliza Mitchell once again to another sprained knee. He'll be out for a couple of weeks. Spencer Burford's in a boot. Hmm. That's not good. Walked out of the... Yeah, walked out of the press conference. Well, that's not as big as... You have Dane Brunskill still there, who played in the playoffs last year for you and was your starting guard the last two years. And Christian McCaffrey's knee. That's the one that scares me most. Where where are we at with the injuries? Yeah, so the Elijah Mitchell injury, I think that sets this team up where it kind of makes your mind go back to maybe you shouldn't have traded Jeff Wilson Jr. But you do have guys like Ty Davis Price who hasn't been able to be active the past three or four weeks because he can't, can't play special teams. That's worrisome mm. to me. If you can't play or are versatile enough to play special teams, that's why guys who are undrafted like Jordan Mason are taking your spot. And I do like Jordan Mason. I think today he proved that at least late in games, he can be a guy for you to get you some some yardage to kind of put a game away. He's physical. He kind of reminds me of A.J. Dillon where he's big. He's He likes to kind of flaunt his presence on the field. But the Christian McCaffrey injury, you're telling me two guys, Mitchell and McCaffrey, both now have at least some knee irritation? That worries me because this team does want to establish the run early. And if you can't do that, that kind of opens the door for a team maybe like the Dolphins, like the Buccaneers who are still still trying to establish themselves in the AFC East or get back into first place in the NFC South that, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo beat us. And I think sometimes this year, despite his success, even in this game, he showed that sometimes that always isn't the most reliable avenue to success. Well, you know me. I'll rush immediately to his defense. But I try and look at this through an objective lens, believe it or not. you got to give Jimmy a little time. Yeah. Like that offensive line, and I, I always maintain, even when Jimmy plays well, Jimmy needs a clean pocket. Okay? Every quarterback As does. most quarterbacks do. Yeah, but specifically <laughs> Jimmy. Because yeah. if that thing starts to... Pinch in on the corners. Jimmy doesn't have the ability to extend. He panics a little bit. Yeah, and he gets the happy feet. So he needs a clean pocket. They didn't give that to him today. And he was rushed. And there was not a lot of openings, not a lot of opportunities for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think, again, this is a victory. But if we're to sort of get in the weeds and and pick through this stuff, the offensive line, it was not one of their better performances today. Now, a lot of that has to do with New Orleans and Cam Jordan and the boys coming off the edge. They're great defense. That is a good defensive unit. But I think offensively, Jimmy Garoppolo just got got pressured. But even in that, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, now he threw the one pick, but obviously the penalty saved him. But again, you can see him consciously playing much more safe football this year. He's now 16 touchdowns versus the four picks. All right? Yeah. I would even go as far as that 16 and 3. One of his picks was a Hail Mary at the end of a first right, half. Against Atlanta, yeah. So that's a four to one touchdown interception ratio. The efficiency continues with Jimmy Garoppolo, but you feel as though that he played one of his poor performances over the last couple of games? I just think when you look at the Arizona game last week in Mexico City, I think many of us, including myself, would have said that's how the offense will continue to look. Now I think we all understood that there may be room to have a sluggish start to this game where, again, short week, uh, your first, again, quote-unquote, physical practice on Friday, you have some injuries. There is the expectation you might come out and move, like, at a snail's pace. But I thought they were going to pick it up in the second half, and that never happened. And I think that's where my concern was that, okay, started off slow, I can excuse it, but... The, the Jimmy Garoppolo's touchdown pass was pure luck. He was Jimmy Luck Garoppolo. Like Ooh. he got tipped, and look, that ball was tipped into Jawan Jennings' hands. A great catch by him, but it's not like Garoppolo also didn't miss. He missed a touchdown earlier. Like Ayuk I, was open in the end zone, and he just missed him. That like, is correct. <laughs> like, you have to then open the door and say, "Look, was Jimmy great today? No. Did he miss some plays he needed to hit? Yes." And I do think that. If the Saints, who coming into this game, were the third-highest-scoring second-half team at 12, 12 points, the door is open for them plenty of times because the offense struggled. 
They could not move the football. They gave them a chance, three straight drives on their own side of the field to go win the game or at least tie it up, and the Saints faltered because the defense is so good. And if you're Jimmy Garoppolo on the offense, you cannot do that to Miami or Tom Brady or even a team like Seattle who put up 34-plus points against the Raiders tonight. You can't do that against those guys. Yeah, I don't look ahead. I think that, again, you have to take every game on at face value. Right. And I think, again, coming off of Mexico, every game has its own little storyline. And I do think that they were susceptible to I thought what I thought would be a much closer game and susceptible to sort of a poor performance, especially if we're going to measure it against what it is that they did the other night against the Arizona Cardinals and dismantling them out in Mexico. So I don't get it. I think they'll play better against Miami. I really do. I think that that's going to be an old-fashioned shootout. Something has to give. It's essentially two offenses that are mirroring one another. And watch out, because Jeff Wilson is coming to town, <laughs> and so is Raheem Mostert. And Mostert, as I understand it, is pissed off. Well, more so of how San Francisco handled the injuries he had. And he's going he's gonna to run with some attitude. He's even going to play. He's hurt right now. Oh, that's right. He's not even going to play. That's right. He's or not going to play. Likely not going to. Well, he's quite. I hear that he wants to. There's, there's a question he He'll might try play. to play, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. Jeff Wilson, Judy. It's going to be fun. But just to stay with this contest for a moment, and this is why the only the only thing I would I would question about Jimmy Garoppolo as much as I like the way this guy's played this year. Does he check down too much? Now I know that it's. The progression, like I know, see, not being at the game, I don't know. It's hard to see. I'm on watching, TV. my fattest is on a couch watching this <laughs> thing, so I don't know whether he's got Debo down the middle of the field and then is right. checking down and being All safe. All he sees the pocket. But it looks as though he's looking elsewhere and is, is comfortable going to the second or third progression rather than number one. And sometimes I, I'd like to see a little bit more risk-taking. Maybe there isn't that clear opportunity, but sometimes – you you got it. You got to be a little Brett Favre. You got to be a little. You got to be a little Patrick Mahomes esque. A little Josh Allen, and, and just let her rip. And I don't know that that he has that in him right now. And I think he's very safe. And at times, you know, it's like beating you over the head with a pillow. You got to like sometimes you just got to take your shots. And and it looks as though at times Jimmy is just too comfortable with that five yard flat. You know, or checking down to whomever. Well, that's been the biggest criticism towards him his entire career here in San Francisco. Despite the success, it's Jimmy doesn't take risks, at least when it comes to moving the ball down the field. But there was one or maybe two instances today where I said, wow, we haven't seen that in a while. The first one was a third down to Kittle when the offense was backed up in their own red zone. He slung that thing and there was some zip. It was a first down and I said... Damn, that's good Jimmy Garoppolo right there. Yeah, Great pass. Sweet pass. Kept the offense moving. The other one was, well, it didn't count. He was waving Ayuk downfield go. Like, I, I want to throw down the field. Yeah. And Ayuk obviously didn't catch the football because he was out of bounds. But to me, I do think there is a maybe a there's more of a desire to throw it downfield this year. Juwan Jennings against the Cardinals last week, incomplete, but still there was an attempt. That being said, I do wonder that maybe because Christian McCaffrey's there. Maybe he's even more comfortable now taking the check down because he knows that guy can get him mm. five, seven yards per catch. And if he doesn't have to take that risk, give it to McCaffrey, let him do the work, and I'll you know take the next drive, take the next playoff. I think Jimmy Garoppolo was was solid tonight. I don't I don't give him a C, C minus. I I think that he was again with a muddy pocket like that. Jimmy Garoppolo did a good job. No turnovers through four quarters of play, and that's that's the key with Garoppolo. And again, the touchdown-to-interception ratio, 16-4. to four. I, I've had an, I go back and forth with Kyle Shanahan on this all year long and the predictability, again, on staying out of these, these predictable passing situations and downs and distances on second and third and long. And it seems, again, we run it on first down, and if we get stuffed, we'll try it again on second, then it's going to be third and long, and... You know, he did that a lot, although I think Jimmy Garoppolo threw the most passes we had seen in the first half since he's been a San Francisco 49er. He let it go some 29 times, so maybe, you know, Kyle Shanahan is loosening the reins to a certain degree. But overall, it's it's one of those wins. It's just a gutty, gutty performance, and it's a gutty win. And if you're going to win a Super Bowl, in my estimation, if you're going to be one of those special teams, you win games like this. Well, I think the most important thing about this win was that 
not only does it give you separation against Seattle, you now have the one game in between you in the NFC West, but now you're 7-4 and four, going into a game against the AFC, which if you lose against Miami, doesn't necessarily affect your overall standings in the NFC. You're still undefeated in your own division. I believe you're, what, 6-2 and two in your own conference? So it's not like losing to Miami is doom and gloom. It's okay, you lost to a good team that has good weapons with a head coach that used to be here that knows your offense. Then you play Tampa Bay next after Miami. You can beat Tampa Bay to me easily. Yeah, they had Tom Brady, but there's no firepower there. They're banged up. They lost their third offensive lineman today, likely out for the season, than Tristan Wirfs. Your defense can attack and swarm that offensive line, and then what, you're 7-2 and two in the conference? You are essentially maybe not guaranteeing you a self in the playoffs, but you're kind of stomping your way up that road pretty easily here, even if you lose to Miami next week. So winning today, to me, gets you separation against Seattle, but also inches you closer to being better in your conference, which when it comes down to seedings, that stuff matters more than beating an AFC opponent like Miami or even Kansas City. The defense again today, just to get back to what has just been one of the huge storylines in the 2022 season, certainly here in San Francisco. But that you could see that they're beginning to take this personally. Like the shutout meant something they to them. They want it. They want it, but I also, I also think it's a fair assumption to say that Miami's going to get into the end zone against you. And you got Tyreek Hill, yeah. So I would, I would assume so, yeah. So I just don't want to be this level of deflation that, oh my goodness, we gave up a touchdown and we're hanging our heads. It's just... Right. This idea that you're going to shut out everybody every week or everybody in the second half, and we've shut out teams for six quarters, let's keep this going against Miami. Let's just live in the real world a little bit. I think that that defense, it's we'll see where they are at the end of the year, but it could be historic. But I also think that coupled with a New Orleans Saints team that came into this game noted for shooting itself in the foot. Yeah, the most I believe the most turnovers in football, or at least the worst turnover differential at minus 12 coming in. They finished minus 14. Like people talked about, and including yourself, said this game was going to be close or could be a trap game, right? Well, I thought it's only a trap game if the Saints play perfect. And they had two opportunities in this game and they fumbled both of them away. Early in this game with Kamara and late in the game with Kamara. This game could have been 13 7 with what, four minutes left and the offense kind of reeling itself in. But again, San Francisco escapes, gets the win because that defense is so good. Yeah, see, I wouldn't even put the fumbles on them shooting themselves in the foot, okay. though, although obviously that's the definition Penalties of it. Penalties, too, though. Penalties, certainly, because I actually think the turnovers are attributed to that defense that we're right. talking Hufanga about. Right, and Warner punching it out. Warner caused the fumble. <laughs> Peanut punch, man, it's crazy. And I am telling you, we always use this phrase, Sterling, about a defense that flies around. Yeah. That... Kamara's second fumble, that's a defense flying around. That's yeah. a defense that goes 110 miles an hour. That's a defense with Talano Hufunga that just only he only knows how to play one way. And that's what happens when you come at guys at full tilt like that. The word will get out that Kamara gets your reception and get down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The idea of trying to stretch for more yards against this defense, just keep in mind that they're coming. All right, if you want to sustain a play, you're setting yourself up for either losing the football or taking a serious lick. Well, I think that with this defense, they're always looking to get the ball back. And that was the knock on the Robert Sala-style defenses, and even last year's too, where they didn't get takeaways. They had one last week against the Cardinals. They had one against the Chargers as well, and they had two today. That's four turnover, four takeaways in three games. Like That's something we have not seen even from this defense earlier in the year that they're doing now. They know they have to get the ball back to their offense because they now have the firepower that if they can get the ball, they can score in two minutes. And they haven't really had that in the past because now you have CMC and you got Mitchell who's now hurt, but Debo and Kittle. Like this defense knows we get the ball back, we're going to score. They had an interesting stat on the broadcast today. Best defense in the NFL hands down statistically. However, for one stat, (laughs) that being... Third and short. Did you hear this? No, I didn't hear that, no. Third and short. They're the worst in the NFL. Interesting. 78% of the time, they're giving up a first down on third and short. Wow. I have, as I often do, I have a theory. Okay. It's the absence of what could be, next to Bosa, their second best football player on defense. Let me guess. Well. Is it, is it Eric Armstead? Yeah. There you go. Who could be coming back from Miami. And Javon Kinlock, who I don't count as much on. 
But I do think, because if you think about third and short, where are you typically going with the football? You're up the middle. You're going A-gap. Yeah. You're going center's ass. You're going left (laughs) to the right. And so I sincerely think that the absence of Eric Armstead has a lot to do with it. Armstead could be back in uniform against Miami. We're in a three-game homestand. This yeah. is like the San Francisco Giants. Who plays at <laughs> home for three games? So you got Miami, and then and the reason why I mentioned the homestand, because I think you want to bring Armstead and all these boys back on the natural stuff, right? Of course. Play on the grass. But I think Armstead coming back is going to help about plugging up that middle as well as putting more pressure on the quarterback coming right off you know, right off that nose guard, as they called it back in the day. But I think Armstead's return is going to help, and it's going to be just in time because let's just take a look ahead at that Miami matchup. We'll stick with Armstead, actually, for a go second. Ahead, go ahead. Is that when San Francisco has lost big this year, Falcons and Chiefs, what'd they do? Establish the run right. early, got 100-plus yards against And where you. do they run the ball? Where do the Falcons go Up with that football? the middle, all the time. And I do think you get Armstead back, and that was one of the reasons why I thought that the Saints were not going to be able to win this game. The Saints have averaged 55 yards on the ground their last three games. They do not run the football. That means Andy Dalton was going to have to win this game himself. And I'm sorry, I, I don't trust the Red Rifle. I, I just don't do anymore. He's not the guy out of TCU playing for the Bengals. He's not that guy anymore. He's 33 years old. He's a vet. I'll look pretty spry running the ball around today, but he's not the franchise guy anymore. And I do think with Armstead coming back, with Wilson kind of talking things up and Mostert kind of saying, I want to come back and play big against my former team, that's a huge uh, defensive proponent to get back into the fray. As we move on, that's a good point. I think Eric Armstead, he is – so many people talk about in the nose, so to speak, and on that team talk about how vital he is. And let's not forget, remember the defense struggled for the first three guys? I think it was right up until Green Bay – a year ago. They were and awful they, in that game. Terrible. And I think it was after Green Bay, which I believe was week four, three or four. Three, three right, three. And they moved Armstead inside. Yeah. It almost instantaneously, the defense took off. Yeah. And he is a guy that I, I make him analogous to Gavon Looney. This isn't a Warriors postgame <laughs> show. Sorry, JD, but this is a guy. That maybe at the stats, it doesn't look all that pretty, but what he does, he is disruptive. And I think the return of Eric Armstead is going to make what is already a good defense. It's sort of like the addition of Christian McCaffrey on what was already a dangerous offense with Kittle and Debo and Garoppolo and company and Elijah Mitchell. And now you bring, you know, you bring in Christian McCaffrey, and I think the same will be will hold true when you have the addition of one Eric Armstead. But just getting ahead of ourselves, let's just do a quick preview. Before we get to the break about the Miami Dolphins, I just want to get your initial thoughts on this is the game I'm looking forward to. I know a lot of people yeah. want to see Tom Brady come to town, but this is it. This <laughs> is your mini Super Bowl. Initial thoughts on McDaniel, all these boys coming back, the Dolphins and the 49ers getting after it here in Santa Clara next week. Well, I think when an opposing team, which you I think you could call them the, the Miami Niners at this point, they have you know, Trent Sherfield, McDaniel, they have – so many players that used to be here that know this system well. They're going to want to play up. They're already kind of talking about it. They had their eyes at, you know, towards San Francisco before this week. That Their eyes were well well past their opponent this week. They were saying, we want to play San Francisco. Because many of these guys who I think we're kind of finding out now might have a little bit of a grudge towards the coaching staff here, of how they've handled things in the past, or you know Wilson being traded, where he said in the, the article today that if I was younger, I wanted this – kind of got quiet and shut up, but now I'm older, I'm I'm kind of a vet, I can voice how I feel. And I do think because of that, I think San Francisco in return also is going to turn things up. That defense is still going to want to shut things out. The offense, I think, if McCaffrey isn't having the injury, they're going to want to make a statement early too because the Dolphins have not played a top 10 defense outside of the Jets this year. They're going to play the number one defense next Sunday. That's a big task for guys like Waddle and Tua. And let's be honest here. Just like Belichick owns his former protégés, so does Shanahan. He owns McVay. What does he got? He owns LaFleur. I don't think McDaniel, despite being the running game guru, I don't know if he's going to necessarily come in and make some noise next Sunday. It's going to be fun. I think Miami is legit. I think a lot of people aren't buying the 49ers right now. 
I think a lot of people are waiting to see them play, quote-unquote, a good football team. If they beat the Dolphins, does that make up for the Chiefs' loss to you? Yeah, I go week to week. Right. The Chiefs' game is so far in the rearview mirror, I can't even equate one with the other. We got to get to a break. When we come back, we're going straight up Jimmy G. I'm going to defend my man. I'll do that till the day I die, all right, till they put me in that grave out there in Honolulu, Hawaii, or maybe get buried here in San Francisco. But we're not dying. We're going to continue with my man Sterling Bennett. It's Dan Avone. We're going Jimmy G talk as the 49ers come up 13-0 winners today as they blank, yes, the middle of a donut to that of their opponent, that being the hapless New Orleans Saints. We'll continue to talk about it. Sterling Bennett, Dan Avone here on 95.7 The Game, the postgame show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Welcome back to the Post Game Show. Sterling Bennett and Dan Owen along with you. 6.30 on a holiday weekend is the San Francisco 49ers capping things off with a, a gutty, hard-fought, whatever the adjective is you want to throw in there. Ugly, I'll take that. 13-0 is the final score as they take care of the New Orleans Saints. They improve to 7-4. and four. That's the bottom line for you in all of this. And they now stand alone in the NFC West. The other thing you have to keep in mind, it wasn't that long ago, and this is a sub-500 football team at 3-4. and four. And so now they've run off four victories to get it 7-4 and four on the season. We're talking about procuring potentially the number three seed. Who knows? With a little luck, you get to number two. When you think about where they were less than a month ago, I think you'll take the fact that they're just going to the playoffs, which seems to be a foregone conclusion. And right now, anything other than winning the division, I think, would be a major disappointment for the 49ers, who are clearly, clearly in the driver's seat. We were having a discussion at the break, and we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. Let me just say... And maybe I just see this through the, through the lens of like a, a 14-year-old teenage girl. I love Jimmy. Look at the <laughs> hair. I love that man. Look at the that jawline. That jawline. He can do no wrong. Don't ever talk about Jimmy. Stick my fingers in my ear. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Listen, when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo today, especially the touchdown drive, yeah. and throughout the entire course of that game, I already alluded to the fact, I'll be the first to admit, if he makes a bad pass, has time, I, his, he missed – and, I mean, he missed. There weren't a lot of opportunities down the field. And he missed Christian McCaffrey. Wheel route. That's on him. Yeah. That, that, that's clearly on him. But I would say for the most part, if you were to ask me his play today, not only would I say gutty, but I would say that that 
that's something about Jimmy that goes overlooked is that that was a strong, powerful, uh, standing in that pocket when it wasn't, as I mentioned, a clean pocket and getting his hit as often as he did. And one thing about Jimmy Garoppolo, which they always say is the measuring stick, if you want to win the room, you want to win the locker room, and you want the respect of your offensive line, stand in that pocket, deliver your ball, complete it, and take a shot, and know that you're going to take a shot. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. He's always had that rep, and I think today they put it to the test. That, to me, was Jimmy Garoppolo standing in there and showing everybody out there that I'm not just a pretty boy back here with all the time in the world slinging it downfield or checking down. I'm a guy that's standing in the face of pressure. I know I'm going to get hit. Take your shots. I ain't going anywhere. And that's something that I think that Jimmy should get applauded for. And oftentimes, like a lot of the haters out there, they won't recognize him for it. I've never questioned Jimmy Garoppolo's toughness. I've seen what he did in 2020 with the ankle injury, trying to you know, grind out that season and just couldn't do it because it hurts so bad. I've seen him, like last year, a jacked-up shoulder and a fractured thumb take this team or was on the team as they nearly got back to a Super Bowl. His toughness, to me, has never been questioned because game after game, he proves it to me. That in a lot of the times with offensive linemen, receivers, to gain their respect, you have to take a hit and get back up. And I think Mike McGlinchey said it on these very these very airwaves, said that, look, Jimmy has so many things that you can't quantify in a box score. That And, and my mind goes to last year, Green Bay, final drive of that game, they need that field goal, right? What does Jimmy Garoppolo do? Yes, he hits a couple throws, but he looks at Debo Samuel on that big third down run and says, you're going to get this you-know-what first down. And he empowered the people around him. And I do think in a game like this, we can see a quarterback that, despite maybe the limitations physically, he can empower the team around him to go out there and secure a victory. I'm putting it in my contract that you and I work more frequently together. (laughs) Where the hell have you been all these days that I was trying to illustrate (laughs) and you did a much better job of just putting that together, especially when it comes to Green Bay? Because that was another one of those. Yeah. You know how many times I've sat here and I've heard, why are you giving him credit on Green Bay? He didn't even throw a touchdown. They didn't score an offensive touchdown. Right. And I'm like, did you watch the game? Yeah. That's much like today, although there were different games, but sometimes it's just a gut check. It's just, it's not pretty, but who's the guy that's going to stand in there when you need to yeah. and get it done in nine degree weather? I'll go with the guy like Jimmy, man. Yeah. It, if you want to put a label on, to me, Jimmy Garoppolo's career, it's one word, perseverance. Everything he's been through here, the injuries, not wanting to be brought back, almost every game it seems like there needs to be some miraculous comeback. And what happens? Most times he perseveres through that, and then what do you see? Smiling Jimmy Garoppolo after the game, cheering to the fans, saying, yes, what is he, 40-19? and 19? Same record as Steve Young? Give it to him. Give I mean, it to come him, Sterling. I mean, and I'm... This isn't even a conversation of, should Trey Lance be here? Trey Lance, right now, on the shelf. Hope he gets healthy. We'll see what he becomes. But right now, in a game like this, like, does Justin Fields win this game? Probably not. Does Zach Wilson win this game? Probably not. And if he loses the game, you know what he's telling you? It was my fault. It's like, yeah, dude, you didn't play well. What did Jimmy Garoppolo do tonight? My offensive weapons came up big for me. My defense is playing phenomenal. That's, that's what a leader does. Hey, I didn't play great. I don't want the spotlight. Give it to my guys that got us this win. You want to move in? Maybe. <laughs> I, I haven't found a Jimmy Garoppolo supporter here at 95-7 the game. I'm telling you, man, I'm building a suite in my house. <laughs> Sterling Bennett with four stars. You are welcome. We're going to open up the phone lines at 888-957-9570. That's 888-957-9570. We'll start things in San Francisco. And, John, just give me Robin standing by. Robin wants to get into the conversation. Robin, how are you today? I, I just want to say this. This is not directed at you, Sterling, but because uh, I, I know, you know, everything's about content. But I, I'm just often amazed how, when it comes to uh, Jimmy here with our fan base, it's always not about what he uh, does do, but it's like, even with what he didn't do. I don't think he played a lousy game today. Uh, if you want to really measure it, I think he played. 
considering that he got. Robin, we're losing you. So do me a favor. Get through that tunnel, wherever you're going. Get home. Get on a clean line because I liked where you were going. If you were slamming me, I would say we'll talk to you tomorrow when I'm not doing the show. But since you're on board with Jimmy Garoppolo, why don't you pull over, get a safe spot, and continue the conversation. But we got to let you go because we couldn't hear you. Did we lose it, John? Yeah, I think that was a bad connection. So, Robin, go ahead and give us a call back, and we'll, we'll continue the conversation about Jimmy Garoppolo. But I, I, I kind of – and I've talked to Robin enough to sort of understand yeah. where it is that she was headed with that, that even today was a good Jimmy Garoppolo game. I know – that you know, not every game can be like that of what it is that he did and the offense did collectively against Arizona. But again, no turnovers in a game that I don't know what you attribute to suddenly an offensive line that looked as though it was improving from game to game, especially with the youngsters, it was just not good. Well, and Jimmy Saints Garoppolo have a number, I think the most sacks in football since week three. That's a good defense, a very good defense across from you. And I do think that maybe some of the fans who are saying, and, and I do partially agree that Jimmy wasn't his best today, but every game can't be like the Cardinals game, and I do think fans thought every game is going to be like that. And that's not how it is. Some days you have four touchdowns, some games you throw two picks. That's football. And it's how you can kind of find yourself in the middle and ride that fine line of being really good and being really bad and coming, coming out just good. And it's those guys who are consistent on that fence that usually win more games than not. And Jimmy sometimes is really good. Sometimes he's not so great. But more often than not, he's riding that fence, and that's what leads to victories. So Jimmy Garoppolo today, good enough. But it's an offensive line that has just got to get – you cannot let your quarterback, and I don't care if it's Jimmy G, Patrick Mahomes, or whomever, you cannot let them get hit that frequently. That is a recipe for disaster. If there's one thing you can take away from today, it's the victory. It's the shutout. You sing the praises of the 49ers defense. But there are levels of concern. Burford in the offensive line, which I don't think has a lot of depth, is is going to be missed. I think that, uh, and we'll find out why Aaron Banks wasn't playing for, I believe, the second half of this contest. Aaron Banks came out for a chunk, chunk of this contest. Uh, and the injuries to the backfield. Those are something you have to keep an eye on for a team that we just thought was turning the corner and the injury bug had suddenly left them. Here it is resurfacing once again at the most important part of the campaign. Let's get out to the phone lines once again. Walnut Creek, the location. And I want to hear from the consultant. Consultant, how are you? How'd you see things today? What's up, buddy? I'm good, man. Uh, Happy holidays. Start with that. Um, No, man, it was great. I was at the game. We go to all the games and you know, Jimmy G's an enigma, man. Um, I, <laughs> I, I want to defend him in the standpoint that he's a great guy, you know, team guy, awesome leader. We win with him in there. But as a football guy, man, you look at what this team is, and I think some of the frustration of 49er fans, it's, you look at what the team is, and you can imagine what it could be is if you had one of those top 10, top five quarterbacks. And what I mean by that is, Man, you watch these games, especially if you're there. There are people open every single route tree. Kittle was open at least three or four times. They didn't even look at in the end zone today. McCaffrey was, or not McCaffrey, sorry, <laughs> CMC was just sitting wide open in the end zone, and and Jimmy didn't even look his way. There's, it's that it's that second read, third read in the second level, third level that Jimmy has a hard time making. That we have an all star at every level of the offense. Even all pro, I'll say that, at the running back, at the tight end, at the wide receiver, on defense. We know what the defense is. And I think that's the frustration Niner fans. Jimmy's awesome, man. I got nothing bad to say about him other than the fact that he's probably the 10th or 12th best player on the team. And when you think of what the quarterback position is, you can just imagine what we, we might be one of the all-time great teams right now if we have one of the all-time great Consultant, stay with me here for a second. Sounds like you know what's up and you go to the game. So, is it the fact that he won't pull the trigger down the field to his first read or that he's just too safe and comfortable checking down a McCaffrey or whoever? Are you saying he's limited physically or he just mentally won't pull the trigger? What is, which is it? I, I think it's actually a third. I, I think that he struggles making the second and the third read. Mm. So when you're, look, when, you're looking at, when you're looking at a route tree and you're looking, you know, first read, second read, on, but you're looking three levels. 
I think he's always missing the second or third level. He's only looking at that 10-yard uh, read, and he's probably looking at the first or second, and that's it, then he dumps it off. So he doesn't have the patience in the, in the, in the pocket to make that third read, and then I don't think he has the confidence in his arm. I mean, he, as, as a guy that, that can throw the routes that are going across the middle, he's pretty darn accurate and he's really good. But in this league, it's so limiting not to be able to make those sideline throws upfield 20 yards or more. And that's where, that's where Shanahan's got people open all day. Um, and that's the frustration part, right? I mean, we're winning, and he's one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the world, no doubt. But I think he's probably the 12th best player on this team. Consultant, man, what show do you call into? How come I've never heard from you before? You know what's up. Who, who do you talk to here at 95.7 The Game? I'm usually calling in the morning, man. I, after these games, I am tired. I pass out. It's, uh, I just wanted to go pick up some dinner, so I, I need to listen in. Well, brother, and, you call uh, yeah, me at I'm night. I'm usually calling in the morning show. Well, no, I don't do that damn morning show, but I'm at night. So you wait. You, you give me a ring at night because you know what's going on. But I appreciate the feedback. I don't necessarily agree with all of it, but I appreciate a guy who knows what's going on when it comes to the 49ers. Thanks, consultant. I, I don't know that uh, – listen, I know he's obviously one of the top 32 quarterbacks right. in the NFL, I would put him in the top 10. In fact, I would even go top five, all right? Top five yeah. right now? Right now, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean – I like him, but I'm not going that high. Well, I- I'll go through this with you later. But, I mean, after you go Mahomes and after you go Josh Allen, you go Lamar Jackson, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo this year is That's as good as anybody. I mean, Tua maybe, Dak maybe. I mean, those are all, depending on who it is that you talk to, they're not clearly better than Jimmy Garoppolo right would now. Would it be best to say it this way, that – those quarterbacks maybe surpass him physically, can do the things like the consultant saying, hit the near sideline throws 20-plus yards down the field, not afraid to look at a second, third reads down the field, but what Jimmy Garoppolo does, he's the best at in the entire NFL. And I wonder how much of this is Garoppolo and how much of this is Kyle Shanahan. And when I say Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, first of all, is has an offense. Yeah. That is clearly designed for, it's the yak attack. Yeah. All right? Yak bros are there. This is very different than what Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, and anybody else is doing. We want to get the ball to guys in space. All right? There's a reason. There's a method to all this madness. Ayuk did this at ASU. Debo was a running back back in the day. McCaffrey came here because that's what he does. This is is very different. You know, this is an offense that's designed around quick release, on target, and let the boys do their work. And I think Jimmy falls victim to that because I oftentimes hear what the consultant had to say, that he doesn't have the arm strength. I just haven't seen that. I would say Tua doesn't have the arm strength, and I could be proven there wrong. I'm just saying there's certain guys in this league, like Taylor Heineke. I don't know. He can get the ball down the field. Jimmy G is not a matter of arm strength. It's a matter of, as your coach, structurally, what Kyle Shanahan wants you to do. Have you seen the ad? I believe it was a t-shirt ad Garoppolo was doing. He kind of snuck this in there in the, I guess, somewhat interview he was doing. He made a comment that, hey, I wanted to improve my arm strength this year. I wanted to get better with the deep ball. And it was kind of snuck in there where you're like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you talking about how well you throw or how deep you throw in an ad for your t-shirts? But to me, I do think, and and I think we've seen it this year, that Jimmy has been more willing to throw deep. He's actually hit some deep passes that are just off or are dropped like in the Falcons game. But I do think it's still not on par with those other top-end names like Mahomes and Allen. And I think that, again, fans are going to hope Trey Lance can do that stuff. He's not here right now. So you have to focus on what you have. And right now, what you have is a quarterback that can execute the offense, can win you games, and can give you or can give receivers the ball in those bubbles and in space and let them do their work. And I'm never, ever going to criticize a quarterback that gets the ball to his playmakers efficiently and effectively day in, day out. That's how you win games. I'll tell you what, for the Trey Lance supporters out there, the Trey Lance lovers, there's a good chance you don't see this guy on the field. And I truly mean that. I don't want to get into that, though. We won't, but I'll just say, but if Jimmy Garoppolo continues on this trajectory... The, the question doesn't become, does he come back? The question becomes, does Jimmy want to come back? There's no way right. in hell you're handing the keys to Trey Lance if Jimmy Garoppolo continues to take you to potentially the Super Bowl, the NFC Championship, and he's playing like that. that 
that just doesn't make sense. And even Kyle Shanahan knows that. This is Jimmy Garoppolo's team, especially if you're going to pay him. Right. And I don't know that they can afford him. I Probably think that, not. The big question becomes salary cap. I, I don't know with Bosa and company whether you can afford Jimmy Garoppolo. But if you pay him, then you're going to play him, which means that Trey Lance is going to be continue, continually to be a secondary you know, figure in all of this from the relationship between the two. But as it relates to Jimmy Garoppolo and the conservative nature, here's a perfect example of Kyle Shanahan. The 49ers had this, this narrow lead of 13 to nothing, and you could see the sort of game it was. The personality of the game certainly had defined itself in the second half, and they were pinned down in their own end, right? They had it their own four, and they ran the ball, and then they had Jimmy on a sneak. It's so conservative that, that at some point, if Kyle Shanahan, when teams are showing you a six-man front, and they're loading the box because everybody's saying, let Jimmy beat us. Let us, you know, we know you want to run the ball. We're going to take the run away. And Kyle Shanahan, one of the most predictable coaches in the NFL right now, despite being one of the most innovative at times, the defense is selling out on the run. And Kyle Shanahan does not disappoint. You know I'm running it. I'm still going to run the football because I want to break your soul. Again tonight, which is screaming for, I get it, you're pinned on your own end, but at some point, you got to grab your stones, play fake, and just go up top. And I, there's no way in hell you could tell me that isn't open. Have you, I don't know if you listened to it, but a few weeks back. I lost my mind weeks when, ago. <laughs> but Robert Sala of the Jets now, he made a comment during his press conference where he said that in San Francisco, and he, he wasn't taking a shot, and I've already mentioned it here on the airwaves in, in previous weeks, but... He made a point to say that in San Francisco, it's very much, here's the game plan, we don't deviate. That there is this master game plan where Shanahan says, if we can execute this to perfection, we're going to win the game. And at that point, if it doesn't happen, there kind of seems to be this case of, keep going. I promise you, at the end, we'll have the victory. And sometimes, in certain situations, like stacked boxes, Shanahan still says, run the football, because... He still believes, and they got the win today, so we're all happy about that, but he still believes that that game plan he has planned out will get the W, even if the opponent, or no matter what the opponent does. There really, there isn't a lack of creativity, but it's more so of a lack of maneuvering. When it's not working, what do you do? And Shanahan's more of a guy who says, it'll work, just deal with it. And what are the two probably most exciting plays we've seen over the last couple of games? I would say... It was Jimmy Garoppolo climbing in the pocket and improvising with George Kittle yeah. down the field touchdown. It was Jimmy Garoppolo telling Ray Ray Jackson or Ray Ray McLeod to go on that little fly route and also hitting Christian McCaffrey for a touchdown against the Rams, which is all pretty much drawn up in the sand. Well, even Debo's reverse or double reverse run, like where was that today? Where was that creativity? When you have a team that's stacking the box, and I, and I get Debo got hurt, so you maybe don't want to try that stuff, but... You have other players. Let Kittle play running back for all I care. Have, have some fun with it. Robin's in San Francisco. We lost her earlier. Robin, how are you, and how's the connection? Are you home now? Are you somewhere where I can hear you? Yeah, can you hear me now? I gotcha. Okay, so let me just say this. Um, the consultant, no disrespect to him, because I've heard him lots of times. He's a classic example of what I'm talking about. About... You, you know what? You know you know like you know how crabs. I'm not calling him a crab, but you know how crabs not only pull you down, but they they move side to side. They never move forward. Okay, <laughs> and that's kind of like how I see our fan base. Jimmy played a good enough game for them to win. This guy was getting knocked down. He was releasing that ball quick as hell. One of the things he wasn't making bad decisions. He was throwing the ball away. Something that we've all got. You know, like cringe when Jimmy would play sometimes, making bad decisions. The consultant said he didn't have faith in his arm. Are you kidding me? That's that's what causes the oh no because Jimmy was having too much confidence that he could thread the needle. So you know, I you know, it's our fan base. It's never going to be good enough. This guy's talking about a top ten quarterback. Name me some top ten quarterbacks. Right on in this league. You got your you got your first, second, and third tier. Jimmy is just as good as Dak. Jimmy is just as good as Derek Carr, okay? And he's playing 
I mean, come on, San Francisco 49er fans. Give Jimmy Garoppolo a break because he got the job done today. There you go. Oh, did, <laughs> wow, John, the 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 new addition, John just cut off Robin. Wow, John, man, that that's brave. There are guys that have sat in that chair for over twenty five years. Took me months. That that don't have the stones <laughs> to cut off Robin. Do we got to get to a break, buddy? All right, we're gonna get to a break and we continue. Uh, more of your phone calls. We get some calls backed up here. Join us here at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. The Niners are winners, thirteen to nothing. Jimmy Garoppolo, the hate's still out there for whatever reason. The defense is ridiculous. Up next, it's the Miami Dolphins. Let's talk about Miami and Tampa Bay. Sterling Bennett, Danavon, continue right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.